This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. Seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Tuesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. September the 12th, 2023, a beautiful day here in the southeast, and uh, it is going to be another summer-like day. Temperatures close to 90 degrees uh, despite the fact that we're just uh, about a week away, a little over a week away from uh, the fall, but uh, we will take it. Uh, my garden's still going strong. It's uh, uh, it's trying to kill me, <laughs> but uh, it is uh, it has been a, a a great stretch of weather down here. And I know up in the Northeast uh, there has been some uh, ridiculous amounts of rain the last week or so, and uh, dealing with the uh, some winds and rip currents and stuff from uh, Hurricane Lee that is coming up that way. So. Uh, uh, I am grateful for what we have down here. I'll tell you who's not grateful this morning. New York Jet fans. You know, it's so funny that uh, over time, the last several years, we talk about the Jets and just the Jets doing Jet things and about how that franchise is just a train wreck. And it seems like anything that can go wrong will. Any mistake they can make, they do. Um. It reached new heights yesterday. <laughs> Four plays into the game, Aaron Rodgers, their savior, the guy that is supposed to take them to the playoffs for the first time in the last 12 years. By the way, the 12-year the uh, streak of not making the playoffs, I believe, is the most for any professional sports team here in the United States. That's That's how bad it's been for the Jets. He goes down in the fourth with what they originally called an ankle injury, and uh, they did x-rays. They came back negative. He is having an MRI today. The fear is that it is an Achilles tendon injury. If that's the case, the 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers will be out for most likely the season. And all this optimism and all the things that the Jets did get flushed right down the toilet because now your quarterback, ladies and gentlemen, third-year man Zach Wilson, the guy that they drafted uh, a few years ago that was supposed to be the savior and it was so bad they had to get a 39-year-old quarterback to replace him. And Zach Wilson did yesterday what Zach Wilson does through an absolutely horrendous interception. At the end of the day, he did enough. Uh, but actually, he didn't do enough. It, this game last night was won by the New York Jets' defense. That is a very, very good Buffalo team. And the Jets' defense held them to 314 yards and forced four turnovers. So the Jets win the game. 
I mean, that is, you know, perhaps the most shocking thing of everything isn't the fact that Rodgers got hurt, which is tragic enough. But the fact that the Jets still won the game, I didn't think they were going to win the game with Aaron Rodgers. And when he went down four plays in, I was expecting a rout. I'm not going to lie. I just thought that it was, you know, the Jets were just going to throw their hands up, throw in the towel, and call it a day. Somebody forgot to tell Jordan Whitehead that. Jordan Whitehead with three interceptions of Josh Allen last night. Uh, I believe that Whitehead had maybe had three interceptions in a season once. He had three in the game. And the last one was the thing of beauty, just the way he read that pass, jumped the route, jumped right in front, took the ball away, I think from Stephon Diggs. Just great defensive work. And, you know, Allen went down, got sacked five times, got pressured way more than that. Uh, He made a couple of uh, really nice plays to get out of trouble, but this defense was great. And then to have it go into overtime, Tyler Bass hits a 50-yarder with two seconds left to send it into overtime, and you're like, okay, well, look, nice job, Jets. Yeah, right? Uh, it's it's over now. Well, they hold Buffalo, who gets the ball first. They hold them. Buffalo has to punt, and Xavier Gibson, a 65-yard punt return in the overtime for a touchdown, and the New York Jets win 22-16. to And if you don't know who Xavier Gibson is, you can be forgiven. Uh, Xavier Gibson wasn't even drafted by the Jets. He is a rookie from Stephen F. Austin. Made the team in training camp. And last night, he is the Jets' hero. By the way, it's the third time in uh, NFL history that a punt return for a touchdown has decided the game. The last time it happened was all the way back in 2011 when uh, Patrick Peterson did it for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. So uh, just an incredible turn of events last night. Dalvin Cook made his debut for the Jets. The uh, who came over from uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the free agent, and uh, he was underwhelming, right? Uh, 33 yards rushing on 12 carries. Uh, not what uh, I think they were hoping to get out of him. But the Jets still ran the ball incredibly well. Hall last night, the kid who was a rookie last year, seven games into the season, tore up his knee, and so he was out for the rest of the year. He comes back and puts on a show last night, uh, 10 carries for 127 yards. Now, 83 of those were on one play, but still, a great a great effort by Brees Hall, and uh Josh Allen was 
Look lost last night. Not what you expect. And now the and, – and, you know, we don't want to get carried away. Look, the Jets are not a playoff team, in my mind, without Aaron Rodgers. I don't believe Zach Wilson – matter of fact, the Jets don't believe Zach Wilson's the guy or they wouldn't have gone out to get somebody else. I don't think Zach Wilson's leading them to the playoffs. However – more defensive efforts like that can keep the Jets in it. And you don't want to get too carried away with week one. You know, it's uh, you know, after last after the performance last night by Josh Allen, let's not be saying, Oh my god, he's gonna be terrible. You know, at the end of the day, he still completed twenty nine of forty one passes. You know, the problem is is that twelve of those miss of three of those twelve misses went to the other team. Um, you know, I don't want to get carried away, and he's still a threat to run. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, so you don't you don't want to get too carried away with week one and say, oh, there's no way the Bills can win this division, or there's no way the Bills are not a playoff team. We saw what the Dolphins did in week one against the Chargers. They looked, you know, dynamite. Patriots showed that they could hang again week one, but the Patriots can hang you know, and and the the Patriots and the Jets probably still are not playoff teams, but unless there is some kind of hail mary and uh, that injury to uh, Aaron Rodgers is a you, you got to hope if you're the Jets today that they find out it's just an Achilles strain or sprain. And maybe he's out six, eight weeks, and he's back for the second half of the season, and uh, he can lead this team to the playoffs. But I can tell you this. Uh, the head coach of the New York Jets, uh, Robert Salah, did not sound optimistic last night. His, uh, his comments after the game, he says, the MRI is probably going to confirm – what we think is going to happen. So prayers tonight, but it's not good. So, you know, he wasn't he wasn't giving you any kind of optimistic outlook like maybe this isn't a season-ending injury. But this may very well be exactly what it is for Aaron Rodgers. And look, you know, whether you like Aaron Rodgers or not, and, you know, frankly, I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers uh, going dark and all this weird stuff that he does. There's no denying he's, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league and is uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the league. There's no, you can't dispute that. So even though, uh, you know, I may be a little tired of his act and his weirdness, if you want to put it that way, uh, you hate to see this happen. You really do. And, you know, I, you feel for Jet fans. Even though I'm not a Jet, you know, I'm, at, I'm, I'm an anti-New York guy when it comes to any sport. You still hate to see this happen to, you know, it, it's the same. It, it would be like, you know, if, if, if LeBron James got hurt for the Lakers, whether you like LeBron James or not, you know, to have, uh, you know, a franchise or an, an, an all-time great get hurt like that, you know, is brutal. So, uh, you know, if if the Jets are lucky, he misses half the season. But 
not a lot of optimism coming out of the the Jets last night. Uh, but they'll take the win. There's no question about that. You take that thing and you run. Um, and you hope that that Zach Wilson can uh, build on some confidence from that and carry that into next week, and you know maybe. Uh, Catch lightning in a bottle for a couple of weeks and then, you know, try to figure out a way. Uh, Other NFL news from yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, signed Chris Jones finally and actually didn't sign him. He's already under contract. He's on the last year of a four-year, $80 million contract, and he's been holding out. And that holdout, by the way, cost him a lot of money. He gave up a $500,000 workout bonus and then was fined fifty grand a day for missing the mandatory mini camps and all of training camp. And then he forfeited nearly, well, probably about a million bucks in his first game check. So uh, the weird part about this is they, they signed him yesterday, but they didn't add any years to his contract. So he didn't get a new contract. All they did was, it sounds like, the terms were not disclosed, but it sounds like all they did was add a bunch of incentives to his contract to give him a chance to make a lot more money. Now, my guess has got to be these must be very, very uh, makeable incentives if they uh, if they didn't have to add any years to it to get him to show up. Now, look, he had he's, he's 29 years old, which is getting long in the tooth, right, when you're an NFL player. Uh, but uh, 15 and a half sacks last year, tied his career best. Uh, was great in the postseason. Had a, you know, pair of for- forced a pair of fumbles and knocked down a bunch of passes and, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl. So the good news is for the Chiefs, they got him under contract. Uh, the bad news for the Chiefs, they didn't add any years, so they didn't guarantee that they're going to be able to retain Chris Jones when his contract expires at the end of the year. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But that's football news from yesterday, and just, I mean, just, uh, again, devastating news if you're a Jets fan. Uh, I'm not, but but you you got to feel sorry for him. You just do. Uh, the Red Sox did not play last night. The uh, Red Sox and Yankees were supposed to play uh, the rain continued at Fenway, uh, so they had to uh, postpone the game. There'll be a doubleheader today. First game, I believe, is at one thirty-five. How bad have things gotten in this Red Sox-Yankee rivalry? I can't remember. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure when I was younger, there was a time, but you know, I'm 63 years old now, and can you? I can't remember a Red Sox-Yankee series that meant less than this. The only thing these two teams have going for them right now is if one can finish in front of the other. That's what the two fan bases are hanging their hats on right now. It's so bad that you could have gone on to uh, a resale ticket place yesterday and bought tickets to the Red Sox game for five bucks. You could have gotten two seats together for as little as $5 a piece on Ace Ticket, which is the uh, official uh, ticketing partner of the uh, Red Sox last night. I mean, I can't, that's unbelievable. 
And, you know, look, uh, the Red Sox have nobody to blame but themselves and Bloom for the mess that this is. The Yankees, you know, have to blame their general manager because the Yankees, the one thing the Yankees didn't do this year, they didn't get with the times with the new rule changes, of you know, emphasizing speed, right, and emphasizing uh, being able to put the ball in play. With the new, you know, the taking away the uh, the shift and uh, the not being able to throw over to first base and the, uh, the the pitch clock and all that, the Yankees didn't keep up with that. So what did they have? They have a bunch of plotters and guys that hit a bunch of home runs, and that's what they hang their hat on. And that doesn't work in 2023. I mean, even the Red Sox, who aren't traditionally a great running team, got with the program. Right. And, you know, if it weren't for the fact that the Red Sox had awful starting pitching, the Red Sox could be in this because they can score some runs. But the Yankees just never did. But I have never seen a Red Sox Yankees series, especially this late in the season. Usually one or both of the teams are in playoff contention. It's brutal. It's so bad that uh, the guy that owns Ace Ticket, Jim Holtzman, donated hundreds of the tickets. Uh, from yesterday's game, which will be honored for the uh, one of the games today, to charity, because he said, he said, look, he says as a business owner, when I see tickets getting to the point as low as they are, he said, I just assume give them away to charity. Let someone go to a game who otherwise would not be able to go, and take an opportunity to thank a public service person or support a youth group. I'd much rather give them away than sell them for ten bucks. Now they, and and by the end of the day yesterday, they were selling for five. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, good for him, but man, it's, it's, and it's not good for baseball when the, 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 the greatest rivalry and, you know, I know Dodger and giant fans can argue this and Cubs and Cardinal fans will argue this, but the Red Sox Yankees, as far as I'm concerned, and most people is concerned, the greatest rivalry in baseball and to have it be reduced to this is sad. It's at least to me, it's sad. Uh, so anyway, double header today. Um, the Red Sox, uh, announced that, uh, Chris Sale was supposed to pitch Thursday's, uh, series finale against the Yankees, uh, but they're pushing him back to Saturday to give him some extra rest. He just hasn't been good, you know, and with, with having them shut down James Paxton for the rest of the year because of a knee injury, uh, they're just, they're out of arms. It's so bad, ladies and gentlemen, that Corey Kluber is going to make another rehab start for Worcester and then he's probably going to be in the Red Sox rotation. <laughs> you know, the ten million dollar man who was uh, with an ERA of uh, close to seven is going to be back in the Red Sox rotation because there's nobody else. Brutal. Uh, they will uh, activate Pablo Reyes for the game today. He's coming back off of an elbow injury, um, and hopefully the uh, the rain is out of there. By the way, the 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 game they played on Sunday against the Orioles, where the Red Sox ended up winning it, and there were a couple of rain delays. Uh, the Fenway grounds crew used five tons of Speedy Dry. That's that uh, you know the stuff you see them throwing down on the field to try to soak up all the the, the water that's down there as it's raining. Five tons of it during and before during the game to make sure they could get that in. Five tons, ten thousand pounds of Speedy Dry got used. Uh, in that game on Sunday. Uh, uh, it, just imagine what that cost. Whew. 
But uh, they got it in, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to get the doubleheader in today, and uh, the rain will will go away. And because uh, it's been it's just been uh, soaking wet up there. There's been flooding and stuff in the Northeast, and uh, uh, has not been a lot of fun for uh, baseball fans. Uh, over the weekend with the Orioles and then, of course, going to Fenway last night, sitting there for a while, and then finally saying, well, the game's over. I worked at Fenway Park for years, and the, the worst thing used to be going to a game, knowing I was you know, working, and going into the press box and sitting there for two, three hours before they finally bang it and then having to drive two hours home. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, one other quick note for We're going to take a break here in a second. I got uh, – I finally got an, a, a copy of uh, a new book that just came out. Uh, Joe, Joe Posnanski, a great, great writer and uh, a huge baseball guy. Uh, he has a new book out called Why We Love Baseball, A History in 50 Moments. And it is uh, – I just read the first chapter, uh, or actually the introduction in the first chapter yesterday. Um, if you're a baseball fan, you're going to want to get this. It, it, it's just uh, – it's great, and he counts it down, you know, from 50 to number one. The first chapter is about uh, uh, Dwayne Kuyper. So uh, I, I, I got this yesterday. I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, 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 to get to read this and uh, uh, got a signed copy by Joe, which was really cool. So uh, uh, check it out. If you're a baseball fan, you're going to want to get this. It's called Why We Love Baseball by Joe Posnanski. Um, he's uh, – He's been on the the New York Times bestseller list several times with some of his other baseball books. Uh, this looks, you know, just in the early parts of what I read last night. Um, if you're a baseball fan, you're going to love this. It's 28 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 30 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Tuesday morning. Uh, so baseball that was played last night, the Baltimore Orioles keep rolling. Cedric Mullins, the hero last night, uh, a grand slam in the fifth inning, and the Orioles beat the Cardinals 11-5. My God, the Cardinals now 63-81. and uh, Even if they win their, their last 18 games, they still are going to have their streak of 15 straight winning seasons is over. And by the way, I mean, what an impressive accomplishment, 15 straight winning seasons. Uh, but uh, it has just been an absolutely horrendous year. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, uh, probably the odds-on favorite to win Rookie of the Year in the American League, uh, had a homer last night. I think he had three hits as well. Uh, Henderson now is hitting two fifty-seven. It's really up to him probably and Tristan Casas uh, for Rookie of the Year. Uh, Casas has more homers, Casas has more runs batted in, Casas has a higher OPS, but one thing that Gunnar Henderson has that Tristan Casas doesn't, well, two things. A, Gunnar Henderson plays shortstop, and B, Gunnar Henderson is a hell of a defensive player. And I think that's probably going to be the thing that will push him over the edge. Uh, look, uh, Casas, you know, and I think the other thing that hurts Casas is that for the first two months of the season, he was awful. At the plate, you know, he was getting on base. He was walking, but he, I mean, his batting average was under 200. He was just terrible. Gunnar Henderson has been consistent uh, all year, so uh, I suspect he will be uh, the rookie of the year uh, in the American League. But Cedric Mullins, his 14th home run uh, of the season, and the Orioles uh, keep their lead in the American League East, three games over Tampa Bay, 91 wins on the season now for the Orioles. Uh, they still, I mean, they still have a shot 
with uh, 19 games to play, Orioles could still win 100 games. I mean, look, they could collapse today and, you know, you know, go in the toilet. They're still making the playoffs. You know, I, there's still some questions to me as to whether they've got enough experience to get over the hump in the playoffs, but we'll see. Uh, good news for the Orioles yesterday as well. Their closer, Felix Batista, has been out for a while. A lot of people thought that he was going to need Tommy John surgery. He has been diagnosed with a partial tear in the UCL, but he is uh, throwing. He's able to throw off a flat ground. So they're going to keep the options open that maybe they can have him back for the playoffs. I mean, I'm sure they'd love to get him back that last week of the season to get him some action. But uh, I don't. You look, I I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on television. But a partial tear in the UCL is not great news as far as I'm concerned. And what concerns me with that is is a lot of times you hear that, and the the player ends up having to get Tommy John surgery anyway. I mean, I understand the the urgency for Baltimore. If they can get him back, they would love to do that because uh, they're going to need every arm they get, and Batista is special. But that Baltimore bullpen without him has still been pretty damn good. So, you know, I do they absolutely have to have him? No, but it would be a nice thing to have. But my question is, is you know, you bring him back for the playoffs, and by the end of the playoffs, that arm is done, and he has Tommy John surgery and misses all 2024. Again, I don't get paid to make those decisions, and I hope that this thing is able to repair itself. It just, uh, I, to me, that just doesn't uh, doesn't bode well. Uh, the Orioles are going to send John Means to the mound. Speaking of Tommy John surgery, he had Tommy John surgery back in April of 2022. He is going to take the mound tonight for the Orioles for his first appearance uh, since having that surgery. So that's kind of cool uh, that uh, getting him back in the saddle. He will take on Adam Wainwright, who is probably, you would think, in the last uh, few appearances of his career. Uh, 41 years old. He has really struggled uh, for the uh, Cardinals. Uh, trying to get to 200 wins still isn't there. I, you know, he's been stuck on like 198 forever. His ERA is in the stratosphere, and it's kind of sad to see a guy who has been such a great pitcher throughout his career uh, ending it like this. He thought about retiring at the end of last year, decided to come back for one more season. You have to wonder uh, if he's regretting that now. But three and 11, uh, he will take the mound for the St. Louis Cardinals tonight. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays keep pace. They beat the Minnesota Twins yesterday 7-4. So, as I said, they are still three games back. Minnesota still with a comfortable seven-and-a-half game lead in the horrendous American League Central. Uh, they're just six games over five hundred, but they still have that uh, seven-and-a-half game lead because the, the Indians are in second place at 68-77. and 77. Uh, But Yandy Diaz, uh, last night his 20th home run of the season, and uh, they come back to beat the Twins 7-4. Hey, look uh, – He's not getting a lot of attention, but he should be. Yandy Diaz may well be the most valuable player. Well, no. Well, he may he could win MVP in the American League. I don't think he will because of Shohei Otani. 
But you have to wonder with Otani not being able to pitch anymore, and Otani hasn't played in eight or nine games in a row now because of an injury and has, had, has been shut down at other times this season, you begin to wonder if maybe Yandy Diaz is a dark horse candidate for MVP. I don't think he will because, you know, we saw last year Vlad Jr. had a great year, you know, and could have easily been the MVP, but Shohei does what Shohei does, and it's going to be hard to beat him in any year. I mean, uh, I mean Aaron Judge is the only guy that's got a shot if he can stay healthy because of what he does with the bat, right? Um, but Diaz, he's now to keep in take keep in mind he's batting leadoff for the Tampa Bay Rays from the leadoff spot. He's got twenty bombs, twenty home runs. He's hitting three twenty four. His on base percentage is over four hundred. That's elite stuff for a leadoff hitter. He's got a 917 OPS as your leadoff hitter. He's only got 71 runs batted in, and that's because he's in the leadoff spot, right? Your weaker hitters are hitting at the bottom of the order. You know, the only time you're really generally the leadoff guy is in the first inning, and there's nobody on base, so you don't have an opportunity for an RBI there. But then when you come up, you're coming up with guys from the bottom of the order, and they don't get on bases often. So he's only got the 71 runs batted in, but he's walked 58 times. He's only struck out 87. I mean, uh, this guy, with Shohei Otani not in the league, <laughs> this guy's probably the MVP. So, uh, Tyler Glass now got the start last night. He was just so-so, gave up four runs in six innings. He did strike out eight. Of course, his previous appearance it was against the Red Sox and just uh, had them for lunch. Uh, but Pete Fairbanks picks up his... 23rd save of the season last night. Jake Diekman comes on in relief, pitches a scoreless inning as well. And uh, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, keep things rolling, and they are now uh, still in the number one wild card position, and they're going to stay there. They have a, a rather large lead over both Toronto and Texas. So uh, Tampa Bay is going to be your number one wild card, uh, even if they fell off a cliff tomorrow. Uh, but uh, Yandy Diaz with a huge game last night. Uh, the Texas Rangers finally have the ship righted, and they knock off the Toronto Blue Jays last night by a final of 10-4. to So Texas now with a half-game lead over Seattle for that uh, third wild card. Texas two games back of the Houston Astros in the AL West. Seattle two and a half back. I mean, look, Again, whether you like the wild card or not, and, and I didn't mind when they had one wild card, but when they started going to multiple ones, I was I was kind of – I wasn't real happy about it. I thought too many teams were making the playoffs. But when you look at the wild card races and, and what's going on right now, I think it's – have to, you have to admit it's good for baseball. You know, it's kind of the same idea, you know, with the pitch clock and taking away shifts. You know, the people that were like, well, they've been shifting for years. They shouldn't take it away. You cannot deny that what they did this year with the rule changes, with the pitch clock and the shifting has made a difference. The only part, I'm not necessarily sold on the number of uh, uh, throws over to first base that you're allowed, but, you know, be that as it may, it's made the game more exciting because the stolen bases have come into play, yada, yada, yada. But the wild card races this year are crazy. Um, but uh, Jonah Heim with his third career Grand Slam last night 
and uh, Texas with the 10 to 4 victory. Uh, Dane Dunning uh, three runs in six six plus. He became the first Texas pitcher, starting pitcher, to win a game since August 15th. It's been almost a month since a Rangers starting pitcher won a decision. Now, of course, part of that, they had like an eight-game losing streak uh, during that, but that's phenomenal when you think about it. For a team to go an entire month without a starting pitcher winning a game. Uh, so Dunning picks up his uh, 10th win of the season. By the way, it's the 10th time this year that Texas has scored 10, uh, 24th time, I should say, that Texas has scored 10 runs or more. That's the most by any team in the majors this year. Uh, and the the club record is 25 times, which happened all the way back in 2008. Uh, those two teams will play again tonight. Max Scherzer is going to take the mound for the Rangers, uh, 12 and 8 with a 3-9-1. Uh, Hinjin Ryu will get the start for the uh, Blue Jays. He is 3 and 2 with a 2-6-5. Uh, you know, Max Scherzer is, uh, had an awful start to the year. He's come back. He's got his ERA down below four now. You know, you remember when, when he and, and Verlander were both with the Mets and they were both kind of getting shelled and everybody was like, ooh, you know, maybe these guys are done. Well, they've still got something left. We've seen that with Scherzer. Uh, we've also seen it uh, with Justin Verlander. Verlander's going to pitch tonight for Houston. Verlander now uh, has 11 wins and his ERA is 3.23. You know, and I was one of those people in the camp thinking that, you know, maybe Verlander is done. I mean, which is which is weird to say after the year he had last year, but you wondered if something, you know, if maybe just, you know, too many innings and, and he's he's not right. Well, he's back, and they're going to need him tonight because the Astros actually lost to the Oakland Athletics yesterday. They got shut out by the A's 4 nothing. Houston managed just three hits against the Oakland Athletics yesterday, two of them by uh, uh, Jeremy Pena, the kid from Rhode Island, and uh, one from Jose Altuve. So they had three hits from the top two guys in the lineup, and everybody else had bupkis. Uh, Altuve had a single in the ninth. That was the first hit since Jeremy Pena had a single in the first inning. You know, And then he had another one after Altuve so uh, in the ninth inning, and that was it. And the hero of the game last night, Ken Waldachuk, comes on as the bulk innings guy. Mason Miller started. He pitched a couple of scoreless innings, struck out three. And then Waldachuk came on and pitched six no-hit innings. Struck out three, walked one. Trevor May came on for the ninth, gave up a couple of hits, but got out of it. But his team had the 4 nothing lead. Valdez takes the loss for Houston Pitch well, struck out 10 over seven innings, only gave up three runs, uh, but he falls to 11-10 and 10 on the season. So Verlander today against J.P. Sears in the middle game of that ser- series. The A's, as a, or excuse me, the Astros, as I said, right now, a two-game lead um, over Texas, two-and-a-half over Seattle. So this one is coming right down to the wire. And neither one of those teams, by the way, n- none of the three teams are playing very well right now. Now, I mean, Texas has won three in a row, but they've lost six of the last ten. Houston's playing 500 ball. Uh, Seattle's lost four in a row and uh, seven of ten. So uh, they're kind of stumbling their way to the wire. Uh, And the Mariners lost last night to the Angels, who did not have Shohei Otani for like the ninth straight game. Uh, They did not have 
Mike Trout in the lineup last night, but they still pounded out eight runs and 12 hits. Logan Gilbert got the start. He pitched well. He pitched very well. Uh, three runs in seven innings. And then uh, Brash came on, Munez came on, did a pretty good job, but then uh, things got ugly. And it ended up going into extra innings, and then Randall Grichik, an RBI single in the top of the 11th inning, that was the difference, and the Angels beat the Mariners 8-5. Uh, to five. Uh, The good news for Seattle, they got Jared Kelnick back. He was activated from the injured list and uh, was in the lineup last night, went one for five, but uh, they're obviously thrilled to get him back after that foot injury. It'll be Patrick Sandoval taking on Brian Wu uh, in the second game of that series tonight. 45 minutes past the hour. We're going to take one more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 47 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call and uh, the freight train that is the Philadelphia Phillies keeps on rolling. Um, They win the first game of a doubleheader yesterday with the Philadelphia Phillies. They did lose the second game. They won the first game 10-8 and then lose the second one 7-5 but uh, they are, I think, a game away now from clinching uh, the uh, the division. The 15 games left, uh, or excuse me, a, a 20 or 18 games left, and uh, Philly is 15 games behind. So a win today uh, would just about uh, wrap that thing up. Max Fried is going to pitch today, seven and one with that 2.70 ERA. Zach Wheeler has 11 wins for Philly, uh, 3.49 ERA. The story yesterday, uh, Matt Olson. And uh, we were talking about MVP in the American League. Uh, Matt Olson, I mean, he's got to be your MVP in the National League. Playing for the best team in the league, he hit his 49th and 50th home runs of the season yesterday. 50 home runs, 127 runs batted in. And by the way, he's also walked. 93 times. He's probably going to walk 100 times this year. I mean, uh, hitting 279, his OPS is over 1,000. I mean, you know, I mean, these are stupid numbers. Uh, they're, I mean, I don't want to go crazy and say they're Barry Bonds-like numbers, but they're close. You know, Barry would have walked more than 93 times by this point in the season because he would have been walked, you know, he would have been intentionally walked probably 93 times during the season. But, I mean, how how fast did Atlanta Braves fans move on from Freddie Freeman? I mean, uh, there was much gnashing of teeth and wailing and moaning when Freddie Freeman left the Braves to go to the Dodgers. Matt Olson has made everybody forget about that in a hurry. I mean, it is just unbelievable what he was doing. And by the way, those 50 home runs, that's just one away from the franchise record in the season, which is held by Andrew Jones, who hit 51 back in 2005. Uh, He has now has more home runs in a single season than Hank Aaron and Eddie Matthews. Uh, You know, and I know it's a different time and, and, you know, there's more home runs being hit, but this (laughs) – this Braves team is just ridiculous the way they hit home runs. I mean, they're going to have, I think, five guys this year or, or six guys this year with 20 home runs or more. 
it's it's unbelievable. I mean, when you're you're at a point now where you know Ronald Acuna, who is going to be probably Matt Olson's biggest competition for MVP. Uh, Ronald Acuna's got 36 home runs, 95 runs batted in. His OPS is very similar to what uh, Matt Olson's is. His batting average is higher, no question. Um, and the stolen bases maybe you know maybe tip it in favor of Acuna. He's got well, Jesus, he's got 36 homers and 65 stolen bases, but uh, 95 runs batted in and much fewer home runs. So it's going to be interesting. It'll be an interesting race. But this Braves team. You know, unless their pitching completely falls apart, I don't see – I just don't see how anybody uh, can hold them off from making the World Series, you know. And then it's just going to be fun to uh, to see who they play against. And, you know, and the funny part is we, we talk about what a rough year it's been for the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox played the Atlanta Braves four times this year, and the Red Sox are 3-1 and one against the Braves. So go figure, right? Go figure. I mean, I say that they're, they're not beatable, but – Red Sox won three out of four, and we know the Red Sox are not in the same stratosphere uh, as the Braves. The Phillies, with that split, stay the number one wild card. They are one game ahead, uh, excuse me, two games ahead of the Chicago Cubs uh, for the number one wild card. The Arizona Diamondbacks currently hold the number three spot. The Cubs win yesterday. They beat the Rockies 5-4. Jan Gomes, three hits in the game. Three runs batted in. It was a two-run single in the ninth inning. The difference in this one, they beat the Rockies 5-4 uh, to four to stay in there. Um, Javier Assad is going to take the mound for the Cubs today. He's 3-3 three and three with a 2-8-3 ERA. And, uh, and the Cubs still have hopes of winning the division. They're only three games back of the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, the Brewers won yesterday. They beat, they beat the Miami Marlins yesterday 12-0. Brandon Woodruff with a complete game, uh, six-hitter. And uh, so, the, you know, the Brewers keep rolling, but the Cubs just three games back. So uh, don't count them out just yet. Uh, the Diamondbacks beat the uh, Mets yesterday 4-3. to three. Tommy Pham playing against his old team. Uh, tying home run in the eighth inning. He finishes a triple short of the cycle. Cattell Marte really with the uh, the big blow though a uh, the go ahead double in the ninth inning they beat the Mets uh, four to three as the Mets season just continues to be hideous. Uh, Tommy Fan came over to the Diamondbacks on uh, August first. He's been great for Arizona. Uh, he's got uh, thirty five runs batted in in thirty four games for the Diamondbacks, hitting two sixty one. Uh, you know, and and not only that, the Diamondbacks got him for you know a song because uh, he was still owed uh, one point six million. And the Mets, I think, are paying half of that. So they got him for a song. Uh, San Francisco Giants stay in the race. They beat the Guardians yesterday 5-4. to four. So the Giants and the Marlins a game and a half back of Arizona for that last uh, wild card spot. Um, the Dodgers yesterday removed uh, Julio Urias's locker from their clubhouse. And uh, there were two murals of him uh, at Dodger Stadium. They have been covered up as the Dodgers try to uh, erase him from <laughs> from people's minds. Uh, you know, and uh, Dave Roberts, the manager, was asked about it yesterday. He's like, you know, and this is well, does this mean that uh, you know the team is moving on? And Dave Roberts said, well, you know, I think so. He says, that's where we're at. 
You said, uh, you know, what? Excuse me. Uh, you know, he said it was an organizational decision. It's sad, you know, on every level. He said, but, you know, what are we going to do? And the Dodgers, you know, look, they don't have a lot of choice here. This is the second time now, you know, they had that whole mess with Trevor Bauer. And for Orius, this is the second time in four years that he's been arrested for domestic violence. He served a 20-game suspension in 2019 after he was arrested. So, you know, if you're the Dodgers, you know, you're just trying to, like, get people to forget, like, you know, what are we doing here? Uh, so, and, and they're trying to eliminate as many distractions as they can. Uh, you know, they have a comfortable lead in the AOS, but, you know, they're trying to, excuse me, they're trying to get themselves into the postseason and have it be about baseball and not about the, uh, the conduct uh, of, uh, their pitching staff in the last couple of years. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from Dion and the Wanderers. It's called I Can't Help But Wonder. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.